Welcome to the Joy of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Taylor. On this podcast, we explore the passion and purpose of leadership. And we do so by talking with recognized leaders who do not merely have jobs, but men and women who have been called to their chosen sphere of influence. All right. Well, hey, let's get rolling here. Daryl Jones, pastor, doctor, president. I mean, you know. We've wow. got a lot going on on that business card, I think. <laughs> I'm, you know, my friends call me Daryl. <laughs> That's I'm, right. I'm my friends call me James. I'm good with that. I'm just, I'm just joking with you. I know how, <laughs> I know how, how practical and humble you are. Uh, hey, I, I, so, so we're going to talk through a bunch of different subjects. Sure. I want to begin with the Herzog Foundation. Great. And so, uh, tell me a little bit about how that came about. Uh, how the foundation came out? How about? the foundation. So, sure. so, so here's kind of where I was amazed with, with, with uh, as I was researching for today. Sure. You're a guy who, who really and truly is living on the edge for the kingdom, which I love. We'll get into that in a little while, too. Okay. But you also, your vocational experience right now is so different, and you are benefiting from a man who also chose to live on the edge for it's the true. kingdom and has provided his wealth to impact the kingdom through really Christian education. That's exactly right. And so I, I just I love that theme that that I think mm-hmm. so often we live easy lives that we're mm-hmm. trying to find kind of what the next easy piece is, <laughs> rather than right. making the audacious goal of saying I'm going to actually obey the King of the Universe That's and exactly do what He right. tells me to do. So 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 tell me so tell me just a little bit about the Herzog Foundation. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about Stan mm-hmm. uh, and what his legacy is, how it's impacting the world. Stan Herzog made a lot of money. He was really gifted to make a lot of money and knew how to do it in rail, in in railroad, in cargo containers, in, in, mm-hmm. making, in making rail more efficient. And uh, I, I've said if your community has a, uh, has a light rail system, Stan Herzog probably had something to do with it. And as a result of that, uh, when he passed, it was his plan before he passed that everything that he had would be sold off and the proceeds would go to start a foundation Hmm. that would advance Christian education. In in, in reality, he left maybe five sentences of direction for how he wanted it spent. Oh, are you serious? Serious. So, I mean, we've talked so many times. I just assumed there would be this not at all biblical it, length of document. No, that would it, no advanced Christian education was basically the thrust. And so, it, and oh. so, when I got a call from a good friend of mine who's on the board and said, "Hey, we're having a we're having a dozen people come together and talk about Stan's money and what do we do with this?" And you know what? We don't have any pastors coming. But it's all about Christian education. And my friend said, I'm inviting you because I know you. I know your faith. I know your, you think outside the box. He said, I'm not calling my own pastor. I'm calling you. Would you come spend a couple of days? And I said, oh, man, I'm, you know, I've got a lot. I'm pastoring a church here. You know, multiple services, great, great congregation. How much money are you talking about? <laughs> and then he told me, and I thought, you know, I can move some things around. I can. We'll have an anniversary next year. I right. mean. <laughs> no and so kidding. it really was a brainstorming, and then just the opportunity to say, "Gosh, what could you do?" And uh, and so now, did you know Stan? Prior I, to I had met Stan. Yeah, okay. he was in St. Joseph, and okay. yeah, he was a very behind the scenes, very quiet individual. But a shaker and mover, very privately, very quietly. Okay. And it's been neat to see his uh, his children 
who graduated K through 12 Christian education. That's in part, that's what he believed. I mean, he was very politically involved, but he, mm-hmm. he believed that what the nation really needed, politics couldn't make happen. Absolutely. It, it's Absolutely. a heart transformation. Right. right. And it's, it's frankly, I mean, and we won't go there, although that is sure. one of my favorite rabbit trails. Sure. But, but, but really like the idea that, that our world, we're we're so almost being trained right. to be divided, right? You know, and and ultimately, which is relatively new. It is. It's new. relatively new. It is. I mean, I mean, I'm a. I know that you're a studier of sure. history as well. So sure. am I. And certainly, we've been through divisive elements, right? But not when it seems so so nationally acceptable. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So we've kind of lost the art of disagreeing, right? Uh, but still loving each other. It's like, true. You know, we've kind of lost that yeah, art. Civil discourse, right? And and you know that's been true even of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. And, and, and really, we have to recognize we are not u- united under red or, or blue. No, right. We are united under Christ it's first true. and foremost. So I, so, I, so I love the fact yeah. that he understood that. Yeah, that he exactly. Understood it had to be Christ first. Exactly. He wanted, it, he wanted the whole of his estate to go to advanced Christian education. And really, this brainstorming session was just a, um, an early start to it. And through that, you know, the board asked, would I ever consider uh, the board of the foundation? My friend called me and said, hey, there was discussion after these two days of, of brainstorming, and the group is wondering, would you ever see yourself not leading the local church, but coming alongside of us, and, Interesting. and let's do this. And, uh, and I will say it was the vision of that that captured my heart right. and really felt like God is opening a door here to shape discipleship across the country and to help instill, uh, to help Christian schools do what you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the vision of that, um, honestly, it really was stepping out of our known world. You know, we had pastored, right. you for know, 34 for the, years. 30, 30, church, yeah, right? exactly. In the same congregation, gone from youth minister for 11 years, wow. never wanted to leave youth ministry. Right. That's still and my then, favorite job absolutely, I've ever had. Right. And you get to do it. And you get to do it, yeah, right. on a daily basis. And so then moving into the senior pastor role and really with no intention of ever leaving that congregation, honestly, right. uh, thinking I may morph, you know, and step out of the lead seat and come alongside and work with senior adults, you know, the ones who'd brung me, I think was probably sure. if I were going to write my ticket. But, but the fact that we were comfortable where we were could not be the reason why we would stay. Right given an opportunity to really influence the nation and come alongside Christian schools. Now, did Mr. Herzog, did he, did he pursue those things when he was still alive? As no, well? he had, he had a, uh, he had a handful of pet projects okay. that were Christian schools that he was heavily involved in. Okay. And he believed in the product of Christian right. education. Right. His kids were K through 12 St. Joseph Christian school. Now his children are no longer involved in the business. The business was sold off. You know right? what? It was, uh, their son was involved. He's a, he's an electrical engineer in his okay. own right. Continues on in a, in a senior role at Herzog corporation. Okay. Uh, but, but he did not have aspirations to become the president and, and, and take and that on. So Mr. Herzog, so clearly a visionary guy. Clearly. You, you can't, you can't reach that level. Yeah. Of, very of entrepreneurial. Success. Yeah. Right. You know, um, did he understand just how, I mean, did he, it hasn't been a long time no, since the foundation. It's just we're, two we're, years ago. Exactly. We're not yet two years old right. as a, as a operation. It, it amazes me. You guys are really on what I would consider just such a cutting edge. Wow. When, when this whole, when this whole piece was designed, 
pre-COVID when this would right. have been thought through. Exactly. You know, exactly. And so the timing of it. It's, it's remarkable. Sure. I mean, it's almost like God's in control, if right? If you didn't know. You know, uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, really like, like COVID was such a revealer mm-hmm. to me of the importance of Christian education. Right. That, right. That, you know, both of us are ordained pastors. Sure. You know, and function in different worlds. Right. Uh, so, you know, I'm always watching the trends, and we see during COVID this trend where where church attendance is on a rapid decline. Right. I mean, a terrifying right. decline. Right. And yet at the same point, I'm watching, facilitating in, in Christian education, mm-hmm. I'm watching Christian school attendance right. have this marked increase. Right. You know, and so it, it has really impacted me over the last two and a half years of post-COVID living. Uh, that the importance of Christian education mm-hmm. from a gospel perspective right. is only increasing. Right. The, 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 the message of Christian education, we're having more of an opportunity with younger families than even churches are in some cases. It's true. It's true. What's cool is that when I started in Christian education 30 years ago, when I started in Christian education senior leadership 25 mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. um, what we saw is we saw us reinforcing the church in regard that in most cases, the church, and we were represented by a number of different churches in our right. area, but those churches were typically sending us students. Hey, if you want a Christian education, you should go to that school. Right. You know, what's so cool, we're now having an opportunity to say, hey, you've gotten out of church attendance during COVID. Let me tell you about these great churches in our right. area. That's incredible. You know, and I send a lot to, to the I church love where it. I attend. Right. But I never envisioned that taking the place. Reverse of, right. The reversal of roles, yeah, and, for sure. And yet I look at that to think, here, here Mr. Herzog is, is ste- you know, he, unbeknownst to him, he is now providing the catalyst right. for that kind of gospel growth as it's well true. through Christian Ed. I mean, the, awesome. the mantra that certainly that Christianity has been under, but, but the foundation for sure for the last two years is for such a time as this. Right. Right. And so, Tested. you know, really wanting to really wanting to make the most of, of every dollar to really influence multiple schools as to how can we help them be stronger internally. And coincidentally, it's been in terms of leadership development that we've really, through a number of conversations, I, I met with you, James, mm-hmm. uh, a year ago. Right. And through a number of conversations with, with senior administrators in Christian education trying to identify what are the needs right. which was what Stan did so well with rail right. what are the needs and how can we fix that and how can we make that happen and they continue to do a masterful job of that so for the foundation that bears his name to come and say well how can we look at mm-hmm. Christian mm-hmm. education 20,000 Christian schools across the country 60% of them 160 students or less right. how can we come alongside them and help strengthen them well you right. know what we're not we're going to we're going to blow through a lot of dollars if we if we build a half dozen buildings right if we do scholarships, then you know the next year you're you're required to do that same scholarship for a school, or they lose the number of students they got. Right. What we began to identify was leadership development is what's really lacking. Sure. It, how often does it the organization rises and falls with leadership? All the time, exactly. And it doesn't knows. matter what yep. whether it's a church, that's right. You know, a local congregation, whether it's a Christian school or an entrepreneurial business. Who's the leader? Right. And as we can begin to sew into leaders at a you know at a cost that they that sixty percent of the schools can afford, you know our leadership development series it's really it's really been exciting to see higher education institutions that are following us and really asking our permission 
to create a, a master's in, in education mm. with a focus on Christian education management That's uh, that wants to use the six uh, boot camps, our six boot camps, as the foundation of that master's degree. Right. And then they'll supplement it with additional uh, reading and writing to make right. it master's level work. Well, and, that, and that's such a crucial piece. Really, what I know that in, in my field of, of senior leadership in schools, there is a real shortage coming. Right. I mean, there's, I, I know that on a national perspective, mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone who's listening has heard about the teacher shortage. Sure. But an even worse shortage is those is the leadership of Christian, right. of schools, whether that is public or Christian. But here we're talking about Christian schools. That that leadership there's really becoming a real void. Frankly, because this this is a tough job. It's true. I mean, it's just it's you absolutely know, true. You're a politician and an accountant and a <laughs> and a comedian and it's and true. a therapist. And oh my god! I mean, it's just it's wild. It's the pastoral role. Right. It's the pastoral right. role. Nobody right. and nobody does it all well. Right. So how can you you know get training and understanding and be developed in those areas right. that you know are not? But I, but I love the fact that that's what you guys are doing. Is that you're taking leaders and 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 a number of my people have already been through your training. Sure. Uh, but I love the fact that you're taking leaders who maybe at one stage and maybe either getting better at right. their current role or potentially you're putting tools in their toolbox to move them to the next role. Exactly. It, it, our training director Sadie Elliott, who's done a masterful job of orchestrating and really operating, overseeing the whole training. Uh, ministry of Herzog Foundation has said it's she has her MBA she got it from some high class school out of Europe mm-hmm. but she said you know we're really putting together an expedited MBA in right. church school leadership Christian school leadership right. and that's really what it is uh, through the course of a year uh, a head of school could go through and, and basically we say you get to our boot camp you get to our three-day training and then we'll cover the rest. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll secure your lodging, your food, the experts to come in and address mm-hmm. the topic in the venue where it ha- where it's being held. And there are six of those different components that make up the leadership development series. Now I know that we're, you you have not named any specific numbers, but just so that our viewers understand. You know, we're not talking about $27 in a pack of chewing gum that you guys right. are dividing out. Right. We're talking right. about hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of millions, of, millions of, dollars. of dollars. You know, yeah. so this is a, yeah. this is a large, yeah. a large investment right. uh, for Mr. Herzog's legacy to right. be impacting. Right. And with that kind of money, boy, listen, you can make a huge, huge impact. That's exactly right. And the board has been laser focused that, that they, they want every dollar to influence multiple schools and not just one. Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, I mean, it's really, you know, biggest bang for the buck because it, it's, it is hundreds of millions, but I've said it's, but it's not hundreds of billions. Right. And, you know, when right. you look at, when you look honestly at, at, you know, the government schools, it's almost like a, an unlimited, one, one person told me when they were a superintendent of schools, their job was to manage a guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. When they left that post and went to Christian education, they said, now there's no guaranteed income. Now you've got to find the income, That's and right. that and that affects how you manage it. Right. And there's a there's a real entrepreneurial spirit that has right. to take place yeah. on private ed. I mean, the, un, it's unlike true. public ed, it's the, true. You have to be the entrepreneur. You're not yeah. looking at tax dollars. Yeah. You're looking at finding the dollars. Right. That's right. You know. That's and that's right. and that's a. That's a huge part of what we're doing. So it, it so so don't judge me over this at all, Darrell. Okay, but you know we we've had these big, huge lotteries taking place in our sure. country. I promise sure. you, we're not going to talk about lotteries. I, no, today. no, you but, bet. You but bet, I will you say bet. this, right? It's been over a billion dollars, right? The lottery that they're going to clear. Now I know. I played it. I I bought one. 
You know, James. Now, now listen, if there are listeners who are turning us off right now, they're going to have to turn them off. Let me tell but. you this. Let me tell you this. I'm, I, you know, I'm glad you didn't win, but I, but I wish I would have. But I didn't, right. and I didn't either. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I really did. Like it, when I was playing that lottery, I did start thinking, like, what man, would you I'm do? Gonna, I, mean, I like my house. I've got sure. a nice truck. I don't really sure. need anything new. Sure. Uh, but really, I would take that and impact Christian education. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And, you know, I I look at what the future holds, and I've never been more excited about what Christian education it's true. provides for not just our region but also our nation. Right. And and really, that idea. Right now, we're seeing so many states moving towards uh, dipping their toe in the water of school choice. Right. You know. Yeah. And and, and that's why I I'm so excited about mm-hmm. the Herzog Foundation because mm-hmm. I think you guys. Again, the Holy Spirit had already orchestrated it right. out, but I think you guys are going to be able to be right on the front edge of this wave that's coming. We see all of these states that are experimenting with what that's going to look like right. when we look at the idea of, of free choice. Right. And, and I, I kind of went through and just, and just popped through a few of the different spots where we're really seeing this, but we're seeing it from a number of, from, in a number of different ways. Sure. Like here in the state of Georgia... Uh, we have SSOs that are providing, like the one that we use primarily is Goal. We also use Arete. And that's kind of a state dipping their toe in the mm-hmm. water of seeing right. what that looks like, where this is a tax-funded uh, right. program for private school right. kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know in 2022, the state of Georgia had committed $100 million. In 2023, they've committed $120 million. And the the question or the, the argument, maybe even the complaint, from the secular society is, well, all you're doing is giving $100 million to private schools. The Kennesaw State actually did a, did a research right, study yeah. on this. Eric where they, right, where yeah, they talked guy. about a $54.8 million positive impact. So right. when they committed $100 million, they received $154.8 million benefit back to the state. So mm-hmm. now, once they realize that there's a categorical impact that is mm-hmm. financial in nature, now huh, all these other states are saying, well, we should do that. That would be nice for us to do because they recognize the financial impact. We're seeing that, but in the same regard, we're seeing other states dip their toes in the water as far as providing school school choice in a mm-hmm. lot of different areas. Is that something that you guys are considering as well? It's funny you, it's funny you say that. In the state of Missouri, um, July of 2022, the Missouri state legislator voted and the governor signed the bill that became law that we now have. Uh, education savings accounts, and the governor's office set it up through the treasurer's office that there would be six different clearinghouses across the state that could take those tax dollars and shuffle them out in terms of $6,300 scholarships per student. Right. Uh, We felt like we need to be in that arena. Right. And so went to get ourselves qualified as a foundation to be able to receive those and have become one of those clearinghouses. And in the state of Missouri, we have given out of the six, we have received more dollars and we have given out more scholarships than any of the other than any of, of the other five. So I'm excited about no that. I had no idea yeah. that you and guys that, have... And that happened in July. Now, here's here Amazing. was the challenge. It happened in July that it now you can start receiving money and giving scholarships, but in August, school starts. So, I mean, our team was scrambling to say, we've wow. got to hit the ground running. But that's kind of the way that... We roll at the Herzog Foundation. Right. Let's hit the, hit the ground rolling. Well, and again, the, the, <clears throat> I, I recognize in a lot of businesses we have the tyranny of the urgent... But sure. in here, it's the urgent of the urgent. Absolutely. Because, because yeah. really, 
the changes that are taking place that are progressing Christian education are right. happening so rapidly. Rapidly, you yeah, know, it's true that, that you have to have organized organizations well, you know, like and yours the other, to respond. Absolutely, and the other piece that is interesting, and I think Dr. Weirin at, at Kennesaw State was the uh, was the person who discovered this as well. But it's that pr- uh, public school does better and performs better when there is a local market that includes private schools. Correct. It's, 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 it's the market right. requires right. that we produce a better product. Right. Co- uh, competition is Com- a good right. thing. Competition breeds excellence. Yeah. It just yeah. does. So, yeah. And so, and I think that's a, I think that's a mandatory piece. Um, there is a lot of legislature. Uh, we've, we've had a, a, a guest on with us. Who's a, a high end attorney with, with Alliance for defending freedom, mm. uh, Dave yeah. Cortman. Great. And, and we've, you know, we've been following so much legislation that's taking right. place with this idea of dipping their toe in the water for school choice. Sometimes it's financially related, which the goal program is sure. the SSO you're working with. Sure. Is. Um, sometimes it's underperforming schools related. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just the fact that you're in a very rural market. Fascinating right. case that came up in right. Maine not right. too long ago right. where it was a rural market in the state. I had, had dinner. I had dinner two nights ago with Kelly Shackelford, who's the lead attorney for First Liberty, who Fantastic. argued the main case, as well as the coach that knelt and lost his job over it, argued both of those to the Supreme Court. They won both. But I will tell you, just, you know, in the context of this conversation, it is an exciting time for Christian schools and for religious liberty. Uh, Some unprecedented things that we've seen, certainly, and, you know, since June of 2022, that have been handed down from the Supreme Court that have, will have long standing ramifications Mm -hmm. for for people of faith and f- certainly for followers of Christ and for Christian schools. It's a, right. it's an exciting time. Well, and, and, and I have loved the fact that so many of these, um, I, I call them experimentations, but it really is kind of an experimentation sure. in legality of, of funding education, mm-hmm. but they're not tied to religion. And mm-hmm. so they're not saying you won't, you can't get the money if you're a Christian school or if you're right. a whatever school, right. that this idea of no, we're going to give you the school because that taxpayer pays taxes right. for a school that they're never going right. to attend. Yeah, and we should permit that taxpayer to right. make a choice on where on where their educational funding will be resourced. Right, you know, which I think is ultimately my prayer is that that's where we land as a nation. Right, where we actually land where you know in Gwinnett County, I think it's twelve thousand eight hundred sixty three dollars. I think it was last year. Um, where the parent sure. has the choice to make right. the decision where they want that It was money fun to go. watching the Arizona law go into effect yes. because they it appears they got it right. Yes. And it really does follow it really does follow the students. Well, Arizona, the northern portion of Michigan and and the the western portion of Ohio are all experimenting with some pieces that are truly school mm-hmm. choice. Yeah. They're not backpack being, bills. Yes. Yeah. They are sure. not being based on finances or the rural nature of your division right. or an underperforming school. They are just saying, you're a parent, here's six grand. Yeah. Spend it where you want. Right. It, you know? Right. And, and really, that's where it should be. Sure. Now, the challenge for that, and I think this is the part where a, a lot of times maybe Christian leaders don't, re- don't maybe don't understand fully the implications of that. But the challenge of that is that 
hey, then it means that if there's going to be a Buddhist school, there's going to be a Buddhist school set up right. as well. Right. There's going to be a, and, sure. and this is where you, we have to just say, yes, sure. that's what it's going to right. be like. Absolutely. If our truth is truth, right. then our truth will, right. s- will, s- will still Absol- rise to the surface. Truth is always truth, right. but religious liberty is freedom and justice for all. Right, you know? right. All right, so so just because I'm fascinated and my ADD won't let me go I on love that this, about you. Uh, <laughs> the, the, you said you said that that Stanley Herzog he puts together a, a few rough notes uh, on on what explain that to me a little bit more just because I, I I don't think you I know can what I think he knowing. was I think I mean I think it shows the strength of his leadership okay so number one he appointed he hand selected who he wanted to be the three members of his board basically in essence he said I want you to manage my affairs. Right. And he knew who they were and he knew the way that they thought. And, and that was, you know, uh, that was brilliant in and of it. So he knew who, who he's sure. handing it to. And he also said, long story short, that in essence, within the course of 20 years, he wanted his money spent because he believed that the longer something went on, it lost the intent of the founder and that was something that he didn't mm. didn't want to be a part of his What's legacy the spend either. What's the spend down time frame on, on that? Twenty years. Twenty He's years. He's put twenty years on it, and okay. so the board is is being proactive and saying, okay, so as we as a foundation establish all of these things, do they die in twenty years? And the simple answer is no. That there's a mechanism in place that's going to fund the work of the Herzog Foundation as we move forward. Mm. But Stanley wanted his money spent in 20 years, and it'll be spent down to the penny. He would be so excited, I would imagine, that you guys have got into the SSO he market. He would, and his his son has said exactly the same really? thing, that that he would be very pleased yeah. with the with the, the way that his funds are being yeah. spent, which is very exciting. Yeah, since we first, since the first time that we met, um, you know, I've just, I've just found myself sev- on several occasions just thanking God for a guy like Stanley it's Herzog, true. who who is really living, like right. willing to live on the edge, right, uh, for the kingdom, honestly, and for for children who are supportive of it, right. Of that you know, and those are heroes in the sure. faith. Sure, and I mean, for all really of the are. places that he could have dedicated, right. you know, his life's work, he focused it all on K through twelve Christian education, U.S. And again, you know, when I say it, it came down to about five sentences, sentences of instruction. It came down to about five sentences mm. of instruction. But he knew the people that he was putting in charge, and so he didn't cap their hands. He didn't tie their hands. Mm-hmm. It was advanced Christian education. So when they brought me in, the 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 first assignment was for the next three to six months, go talk to anybody and everyone in Christian education, find out what the needs are, and let's figure out how we how we how we fix those, how we meet those needs, right. where it's vast and under under resourced. Right, so that's, that's right. What we you know, as, as I dreamed about, if I won that billion dollars, that's kind of man. I would just invest it all in Christian education. Mm-hmm. It's a really sure. the, the, the the pursuit of uh, expanding the ability for choice and the idea of forming leadership development programs. It's like true. You guys have done well, which I think kind is of just exciting. You yeah. know. Um, all right, so so we we've we've chatted a little bit about Christian education and kind of how cutting edge you guys mm-hmm. are right now with that. We've talked a little bit about the legacy of Stanley Herzog, and for just the fact that he has been a person who's been who in his legacy is absolutely living on the edge for the kingdom. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about your story because I, I would love to be able to oh, hear, it's very, hear it's a little very, bit it's, of it's that. It's very you know my mother's the only one who's thrilled with it. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but but tell me a little bit like you know you jump in I know you, you sure. do an undergrad you do a master's you do a doc sure uh, and you're leading at the same church 
same for 34 church. years, which, crazy? I, frankly, I really admire. I think it's wonderful. It was an incredible ride, and it was the toughest decision that I've ever made, my wife and I ever made, was to leave that congregation. I mean, I started as the youth minister. I started as the volunteer youth minister hmm. when I did radio. I was working a radio job. I was going to college at nights, and I was uh, uh, working as a, a volunteer youth pastor because that really was a passion. Sure. And, uh, and through that, you know, after a couple of years, the, it was a startup church plant, and the, the church had grown, and the pastor said, we need a full-time youth pastor. And I said, well, let's see, who do we know? And he said, no, no, no. He said, why don't you? <laughs> and uh, so we prayed about that, and, and I would not have hired me for the position, but to God bless him, he did. And I was in that role for 11 years, and it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful assignment. And at, then, at what point in that does your bride come along for the ride when you guys are jumping in? Like, where, oh, we were a part of the church plant. Oh, you were? We okay. were a part, yeah, right. So the whole time? Abs the whole time. Awesome. Craziest thing. Awesome. But the great thing about it was, you know, I was working with these teenagers and loving them and and then, and then later, you know, being a part of their weddings and honestly, James, then, you know, burying their children, mm. which, you know, you, you right. didn't see that, who saw that coming, right. you know, but then burying their parents and. But th- and don't you feel like it's such a, anytime I'm there at the crossroads, yeah. don't you feel like I feel so privileged? Yeah, that's that, the that, exact word. That the Lord would. Yeah. trust a broken vessel right. like me to be a part right. of this. It's true that you the know? body of Christ is there and we rejoice with those mm. who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. And I, I guess the greatest uh, the greatest shock for me in pastoral ministry for those years was how much, you know, it's not that they needed me. It's right. that we're in this together and how much right. I needed them right. and that we're in this together. Well, and how much, yeah, is. the shock was how much I was going to fall in love with them yeah. to where leaving was really a very difficult decision because, you know, we were leaving our support group. You know, we had 1,100 people on a, on a weekly basis. They knew us. They loved us. They encouraged us. They loved our children. They helped us raise our children. We helped them raise their children. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to leave that and we're going to step out into the unknown. I know a, I know a couple of board members of this foundation that's not operating at all mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a whole new community. There's no, you know, there's, there, there's five sentences of instruction, but just really stepping out into the unknown, but really believing that God is leading and that that He's there and that He'll make the right connections. And and honestly, even even two years after that, you know, crucible that 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 very challenging decision to see that you know God's hand really is in this mm-hmm. and the connections. Good heavens, I'm sitting here with Dr. James Taylor on the <laughs> uh, the Joy of Leadership podcast and. In Decula, Georgia, That's what right. in heaven's name has happened? <laughs> you know, now, now, so youth pastor for eleven years. Yeah, you go right from youth pastor into senior pastor. Right in the, when you the senior, yeah, the senior pastor told me that he was. Uh, we went to lunch, and I said one of my favorite questions. And be careful how you answer, but uh, but I'll tell you if somebody will give you the answer to this question, you know exactly where their heart is. We were going to lunch, and I said, "So, what do you think about when you're just thinking?" And he was driving the car, and he looked at me, and he said, I think, I think my time's about up here, and I think the Lord's moving me on. And, uh, and he said, honestly, I think you need to be the next senior pastor. No and I wish I'd asked him what he thinks about the chief's chances. <laughs> you know, if I, be careful the questions. And I told him, no, I'm not the guy, but I gave him the name of a guy that I would have loved to have worked for. And uh, he said, well, you haven't even prayed about it. 
At, we're still in the car on our way to Taco John's for crying out loud. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, well, okay, well, I'll give you, what do you want, a week? You want two weeks? You want a month? And I'll tell you no. When, when do you want me to, when do you want to have this conversation again? He said, you pray about it. I did. I said, okay. And I did. And I think my prayer sounded, I know my heart intent was, Lord, this is the most ridiculous thing that anybody would ever bring up. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. I'm doing youth ministry. How mm-hmm. can that be a bad thing? Why would you want a, 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 a content youth pastor to move out of that role into a senior pastor role. Uh, I don't want it, but, but, but if you do, then I need you to change my heart sure. so that I want what you clearer. want. Yeah, because I don't want to fight you right. if this is what you want to do. I, right. I need you to change my heart so that I want that. And James, as clear as we're talking, I, I, I can't tell you, I didn't hear an audible voice, and I can't tell you when it happened. But six months later, my senior pastor said, hey, have you had a chance to pray about this? And I said, you know, I have. And I, I, I'm scared to death, but I think you may be right. Fascinating. And, uh, and then that into a whole new... after that? After point? that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Yeah, there was about 15 years, yeah. 15 years between my uh, MDiv and, and my doctor. I, I think that's such a, such a clear part, right? A lot of times people think, well, hey, I'm just going to walk into the unknown and somehow I'm going to be supernaturally imbued with everything that I need. <laughs> but there is still a point where you say, hey, man, I know how empty my toolbox right. is with exactly. the tools that I need to do this Exactly. Gig. And so I'm going to still go out and get That's exactly right. more education. That's I'm going to exa- prepare myself. That's exactly right. You know? And, it, you know, as you know, at the master's, but specifically at the doctoral level, it's more self- self-directed. Sure. So it, it's funny, when I finished my master's, so I went, I went uh, my bachelor's degree took me six years to finish my bachelor's degree. I'm married at that point, uh, you know, in the process. I'm a young father. I'm going to college. I'm working radio. I'm, you know, by the time I graduate, I'm working, you know, at the church full-time mm-hmm. and studies. And then I finish that, and I'm going right into an MDiv, which was a Mm -hmm. three-year, pretty intensive. I finished the master's degree, and my wife said, hey, by the way, if you ever decide to do doctoral work, I wish you and your next wife all the best. (laughs) I think you two are going to be great. So there was really a 15-year span where I felt like, you know what, now I know, now I have more questions that I would love to be able to have classical education to focus on what's the response, what's the answer here. Well, I've I've always found like the the more education you get, the more you realize you don't know. That's exactly right. That has certainly been my experience. It, it promotes humility yeah. Yeah. in us. You know, just uh, when you're talking about your, your wife saying, you know, she'd like to meet your second wife. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> literally, my wife would, would she, she would, she was mad at me at this day. But the day that I was graduating from my doc, I mean, I've literally got the gown on. I have the thing, right. you know, the certificate in oh, my yeah, hand. Yeah. We're walking out to the parking lot to take pictures with our family. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to do a JD next. <laughs> I think I'm going to do a Juris Doctor. Were you kidding her? No, I was totally I know, serious. right? I know. <laughs> and she was like, In the back of my mind, yeah. <laughs> she smacked me, and she's like, I don't think so. That's exactly You're going to have to right. find someone else. I know. So, needless to say, yeah, I do not have oh my a JD. Gosh. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Yet. <laughs> That's yeah. right. The Lord works in mysterious ways, brother. <laughs> but that, I mean, cool. pretty neat. All right, so I, I, I want, and I want to ask this question as well. So, so 11 years as youth pastor, 23 years as senior pastor, mm-hmm. Uh, and and coming to that over a six month period of prayerful belligerence, maybe sure, you know, sure. Um, so how do you stay fresh at the same organization for thirty four years? That's wow. That's the million dollar question. That's a great question. I I think they uh, number number one, and you'll appreciate this. Attention deficit disorder <laughs> is a gift. I don't know. How, I don't know how pastors do it without it. Yeah. To be honest with you, but I really am that way. Right. I get bored easily. 
And uh, over the course of 34 years, I really had the opportunity. It was so funny. I used to drive my staff crazy. Every spring, here's the answer. Here's the serious answer. Every spring and every fall, I would get away for a week at a time with no agenda other than just my Bible and a legal pad. And I would get get alone and I would say, Lord, what do you want to do now? Okay. And over the course of just reading whatever text may just come to mind and beginning to read a context or just spending time on hikes and saying, Lord, what do you want to do now? And coming away every time. And there were times where I, I would, again, never an audible voice, but certainly a leaning that, you know what, I've never paid attention to this. We need to look at this. And sometimes it had everything to do with uh, moving the church forward. But I'll be honest with you, there were times it had to do with moving me forward and me being mm. being the godly man that he wants me to be. And, 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 and as the Lord, you know, in those times would begin, you know, z- zooming in on me and showing me areas of weakness that, hey, you know, is this, is this really, is this really all there is here for you? Mm-hmm. And beginning to pursue further as, as I grow in, in my walk with the Lord, that influences the congregation as well. Mm-hmm. So there were times where it was very congregation specific, and there were times where it was our community specific and then there were times where it was the man specific but i will tell you i never i never and it never came at a good time in my calendar but i always blocked off a week in the fall and a week in the spring That's where i would get away for a week a week and you know the church could get along fine without me for a week but it was I, funny I, they would always be so afraid when i came back <laughs> because i would say hey you know what we could do and they would be like oh, oh no here we that's go right. <laughs> but that's good like i've asked that question of a bunch of guys over the last 5 or 6 years and and really you know I've, this is just my third place where i where i've been i was 12 years at one 15 years at another i wow, hope to be here cool. at least at least that much here sure but I've in chatted with guys who have been 25, 30, 40. Mm. I interviewed a guy uh, the, the other day just as a, as a friend, 54 years at the same, the same organization. Wow. And, and I don't mean like 54 years, and he actually retired 20 years ago but didn't tell anyone. Yeah. I mean 54 cutting-edge, engaged years. Very cool. You know? And, and almost every guy talks about the idea of, a, they have to be recreated, but their recreation has to be through God. That right. if the if the ministry is about them, right, then they tend to, it's to, dangerous. to get finished yeah. quicker. Sure. But if it if it's God ordained change, that's why I love the week at the beginning, week at the end. Right. Where where really and truly you're waiting to see how the that's Holy exactly Spirit. Right. What do you want to do now? You know? Um, which is which is frankly just a I mean it's a beautiful thing. Um, I was I was uh, jumping in this morning and, and teaching a men's Bible study which I do every Friday here, cool. and we were covering the sec the section of scripture and we were, it was basically unearthing the idea of when we move from following God from a rule oriented position mm-hmm. to when we move to following God because our desire is to know Him yeah because we love Him that's good right and and. That transition, listen, for some folks, it never happens. Mm. Like people who just do religion rather than personal faith, some people have never hit that yeah. behold wow. mentality, right? right? right. First John 4, 419 talks about the idea uh, of we love because he first loved us. Like mm-hmm. when we recognize what God right. has done for us, right. then we behold him, and then our desire flows from love rather than a fear of a terrifying God who wants to zap us. It's true. And you know what? Beyond my own specific life context, when you look at culture, when you look at where we are at this season in world history, 
it's making that transition to where my confidence is in the Lord mm-hmm. that really makes it bearable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, runoff elections in Georgia are becoming the routine, right, right? right? And yet, at the end of the day, the government will be upon his shoulders. That's right. And no matter who ends up being making up the presidency, those well, the, the House of Representatives or the Senate, I'm following the Lord. Mm-hmm. My life is in His hands. He has a plan for us. Don't know how it's going to end up, but I know ultimately how it's going to end up, right. and and it's it's a good plan. Yeah, and it's it really what you're talking about with that idea of kind of being re-energized by the Holy Spirit. It's that yeah. idea of beholding. I mean, it's it is true. that idea of us, us pulling back from what's yeah. us. I think when I was a young leader. Um, and I would be casting vision, you know, there's this pressure on every senior leader to be some visionary mascot, you know? <laughs> right. And I think a lot of my vision, I mean, being, if I'm honest with myself, I think it flowed from James. Mm. And and I think as I've gotten great, older, great I've recognized it shouldn't flow from uh, James. Oh, the, J- the book of James. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, this, the book this, of James. Oh, oh, that one. The guy who's in Oh, my yeah, I've, I've met him. He's, uh, <laughs> he's no James. <laughs> but you know, I think it's flowed from me all too often uh, rather sure. than truly flowing from the Holy Spirit. And as I've gotten older, I've recognized, yeah. uh, you know, you, you kind of become smart enough to know that you're not smart enough. Yeah, right. You know, and you recognize you have to yeah. trust in God. So are you still doing that at the Herzog Foundation? Are you I, still do. Time? I, I do. I do. I do. Awesome. It's, uh, it's, I just think it's an important, it's an important part of leadership is okay. uh, you know when my leadership is surrendered to the lord right i think it's important to find times to check cool. in so what's next for you guys at the Herzog? are you you know what we're looking at uh, we're, we're in the process right now of rolling out our online platform called Schoolbox, which okay. is how do you how does a group of people that want to do a one-room schoolhouse in a church how do you do that mm. state specific and whether it's a one room schoolhouse or a K through fifth grade or whether it's a two to three day a week hybrid or if it's a one day a week homeschool co-op, where do you start and how and do you do and it? And you're writing the business ha- plan is, and the curriculum. It for is. That? Yes, it is an online platform that we soft launched. In August mm-hmm. in Loudoun County, Virginia. Have you heard of Loudoun I, County, I Virginia? County, Virginia? And it was a very symbolic place for us to be able to uh, to roll out a soft launch. So we've got like 50 different groups across the country that are right now maneuvering through school box. Here's what's exciting about it. So if we decide we want to start a Christian school and we don't know how to do it, but we know what we have in mind, we want a two day a week inside of a church hybrid homeschool. Right, two days a week with a teacher, three days a week they're home with their parents. That's what we want. Schoolbox will not only walk you through what are the steps to make that happen that are state specific, law specific, mm. focused on curriculum, focused on what do you need. The, the the real secret sauce is we'll go find somebody in the country who's leading that kind of school, and we'll pay them right. to coach you. A couple of hours through each step. Fantastic. So when it comes to what curriculum should we use, what's out there, the person running a two-day-a-week hybrid homeschool that's classical in a church can tell you, okay, here are the big three. Here are the pros and cons of each. This one would probably be the best for your So school. you're not necessarily writing the curriculum. You're not facilitating the leadership that's, training that's because true that's what the we model. Do. Exactly. True to what we do. Here's what Love we say that. in jest. We're not the experts on anything. We know the experts. Yeah. And so even in writing the the course, the blueprint, the roadmap to launching whatever kind of school that it is, right. uh, we've we've talked to people who've who've launched multiple schools in that model. And so it's really not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. It's it's end user, what kind of school do you want? Mm-hmm. 
and we can show you the steps to take. And we, through our leadership development series, we've got people graduating through these steps that we've had an opportunity to get to know more of mm -hmm. and can say, hey, this person can ride shotgun with your, with your launch team virtually and coach you through this process. And then and we'll pay that mentor uh, to serve in that role. And so excited to see it's in soft launch right now. We're looking likely mid-March of 2023 for a major rollout in, uh, in Baltimore, Maryland. There's a major, uh, there's, a, there's a great uh, accrediting agency that has a number of schools in the pipeline, but they don't have the, the, the wherewithal to launch as many schools as they have need. So coincidentally, they want to know if Herzog would work with them and if Schoolbox could be their roadmap. Again, we didn't do anything to make that happen. It's just the Lord making these amazing connections for such a time as this. And with five sentences of instruction from the founder of this organization, uh, or you know, the, causing the inception of this organization, I guess I should say, uh, when you look at Mr. Herzog's rudimentary instructions, mm -hmm. Boy, the philosophy of saying we're going to go about training up leaders for the mission mm -hmm. rather than necessarily writing checks. Right. Yeah. Correct. Fascinating. Correct. That is, that is really. It's been a fun ride. Anxious yeah. to see. Anxious to see. And I, I honestly, I think we're just now, we're just now getting our wheels. We're now we're in a facility that's our own. It's our home. We know we, stuff is where we left it. You know, as yeah. opposed to uh, picking up every week and we're going to go do a boot camp here and boot camp there. We have been able to forge a number of interesting uh, relationships with organizations that love the foundation and love what we're doing and have partnered with us and made their facilities available. Probably a third of the time we'll stu still do our boot camps on the road, but two-thirds of the time Smithville, Missouri, Herzog Foundation. But in 2023, we are scaled. We will produce, we'll do, we'll lead 50 boot camps uh, in 2023. Wow. So uh, strike while the iron's hot. That is fantastic. And I, I just, I love the fact that God has you up and running in a facility that you purpose built and, and, yeah. and really ready for what this next decade is it's going true. to be the most exciting decade in, since Christian education began. I mean, it's I, I exciting. am convinced of that. It's exciting. And I, and I do feel like your organization is going to be right there for the well, praise the Lord. that way. You know, we've exciting. got Schoolbox as one lane. We've got the Leadership Development Series as one lane. ReadLion.com. You're familiar with mm -hmm. the Lion, a bold yeah. voice for Christian education. God's really uh, using that to be a bold voice for Christian education, really speaking to Christian and conservative families that are frustrated with, you know, with the government option of school and uh, trying to make the case for, you know, if you think that Christian education is glorified vacation Bible school, you should really take another look because right. there's good there's good education That's that right. embraces your faith. Well, I, I say it all the time. I say, you know, if we're going to be involved in Christian education, we have to do the Christian part well, and we have to do That's the education exactly part right. well. That is exactly you, right. You have to have That's both sides exactly of that right. coin or else you're not being in true, and oftentimes, true response. It's true, and oftentimes you can find Christian schools that are more Christian than school mm -hmm. and Christian schools that are more school than Christian, right. and I, I believe you're exactly right. right. That sweet spot yes. is Christian education. That's right, and what you've tapped into is that flows from leadership. It flows from leadership. It, it just it's does. true. It yeah. just does. Daryl, hey, it has been it has been such a privilege what to have you on the show. What a treat. Always a pleasure um, to be with you. Just, Can't wait to give you a tour through yes, the Herzog Foundation. I'm going to get out there. It's on my list. I, so I would love that. And then within that. the next 12 months, I'll Let's be do out it. there for sure. Let's do so, it. Daryl, great to have you on here. Thank you for all the impact you're having on the kingdom through Christian education. 
And we thank the Herzog Foundation and really Herzog family who are heroes in the faith, absolutely leading mm. on the front lines of where our, where our nation is going from an educational perspective. Well, I praise the Lord. Lord, use us. And listen, thank you for what you're doing in this corner of the world, specifically for two children named Joni That's and right. Charlotte. <laughs> Love you guys. Love your mission. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks. We have been overwhelmed with the glowing response to season one of the Joy of Leadership podcast. Thank you to our faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And thank you for telling your friends. And thank you even more for liking us on YouTube or wherever you receive your podcasts. While we are blessed to have faithful listeners in every section of the U.S., our biggest cities being Atlanta, New York, Seattle, and even Wichita, Kansas, we have been surprised by the global impact of the podcast. We are literally reaching thousands around the world with faithful weekly listeners in Canada, Kenya, the Netherlands, and even Sri Lanka. We are humbled by God's favor on our program as we encourage others to keep Christ in the center. This show could not take place without the expertise and brilliance of our producer, David Bell, and our director, Blake Pace. Boldly lives at the intersection of vocational success and spiritual courage email us at thejoyofleadership at gmail.com. Thank you for being a faithful member of the Joy of Leadership podcast family.